0: Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino, and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everybody, Angela Ardolino with Your Natural Dog. Today we're going to play a replay of an interview I did with Stephanie McGrath, which is one of my personal heroes and one of the leaders in research on cannabis, CBD, and specific for pets. So enjoy! I am beyond excited today because I have one of my personal heroes. She doesn't know that, but she's one of my personal heroes because she's one of the first um, vets out there to uh, research and look at CBD as something that we can give our animals, especially to help them with seizures. Um, So joining me today, I have Dr. Stephanie McGrath. She is the Associate Professor in the Clinical Science Department at the Head of Neurology Service at Colorado State University, and she is the one who led the first study. Is it the first? Are you, I know you're one of the first, but were you the first to actually start doing a study on dogs with seizures using CBD? That's correct. Woohoo! Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Um, it's it's so, it's kind of cool to be in a world, live in a world where we can actually be the first to do something. So it's really neat. And I really want to say thank you for being that person, because I don't understand how a vet can go through school, come out, get into clinical practice, and then see that certain things just aren't working and to continue to use those things even though we know that there's other things out there, especially nowadays. So A, I want to thank you for being one of those people that goes, this isn't working. There's got to be something better. Tell me about that. Tell me what it's like to get out of school, get into practice and go, this isn't working.
1: Yeah, no, that's um, a great question. And it's truly what started my research. So I think it's a perfect um, sort of place to start. And yeah, it's... um, you know, it's, it was an interesting journey because you go to veterinary school and I would imagine similar for medical school or really any, any other, you know, scientific career where you go in and you learn all the basics. You know, I went through veterinary school and I learned, you know, all about uh, as much as I could about veterinary medicine. And then I went on and I specialized in veterinary neurology. And so, still took classes and um, completed my residency. And still the whole time, a lot of it is textbook learning. A lot of it is reading the literature. Sure, you start getting into the clinics a little bit more, but you work underneath your your mentors and you're still not the person that these clients are coming to see, and you're not it's not all on your shoulders to be making these decisions. And so I did all of that. and, And I knew the numbers. I knew what diseases had what prognosis and what drugs worked and what didn't and what the side effects were from a textbook. I knew all of that. Yet, it really took me getting out into practice as a neurologist. And that first year was very eye-opening for me. And maybe it's just because I'm a little slow. I don't know why it took that for me to really uh, feel the impact of some of these diseases that we don't treat well and you know again you can read in the in the literature 30 percent of dogs on standard anticonvulsant therapy that have epilepsy are not appropriately treated they still have uncontrolled seizures and you can read that the side effects of phenobarbital can make a dog more sleepy or walk a little bit more drunk like but until you're working with these families where they say you know, I have this three-year-old Labrador that I used to hike mountains and I used to take camping and it used, you know, he loves swimming in lakes and I can't do any of that with him anymore. He doesn't want to go outside. He doesn't do anything but sleep. And when they bring you that dog, you really start feeling the impact of the struggle that these families go through. And therefore that we do as veterinarians, you feel like a failure. I mean, you know, it's, you, you kind of graduate thinking I'm a doctor now I can do this. I can treat these animals. Um, until you, you see, you fail until you fail and see what it's like to fail. Um, and that it's all on your shoulders that they bring this dog in to be euthanized because
0: I right. imagine, and I want our audience to imagine what that must feel like to someone who, and I just posted a big old long Facebook post because we lost another vet to suicide. And I want our audience to realize you've spent a lot of money, time and energy going to school to become a veterinarian, to help animals and you get out and half the stuff you learn doesn't work and or makes our dogs sicker. So we have a vet right now on with us who not only said, wait a minute, something's got to be better. She started researching what was better because to me, it's common sense if it works in a human being. Most likely, it's going to work in our animals, especially when research studies are done on animals in the first place. So, you, I am assuming, are going, okay, nothing's working. And now you're starting to hear about the benefits of CBD for humans. Did you immediately go, okay, this, let's see if this will help our pets? Because also to remind my audience, you're not taught anything about the endocannabinoid system the master system of all our systems, you were told nothing about in vet school. So imagine that also. So imagine how you must feel. And now you realize this, you research, you study it, and now you're actually helping pets.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, it was um, It was interesting to, to try to start on this journey that, I mean, like you pointed out, Angela, it's, I mean, this is not a new drug. This is not something that we know nothing about, yet, I mean, it's been used for what, over 10,000 years as a medicinal product, not just recreational, and yet discovered and used by Chinese medicine, you know, centuries and centuries ago. (laughs) Yes, and so it was really interesting to kind of see what was happening on the human side, know that we needed something better on the veterinary side, and to kind of start on that journey, like you said I, you know, I'm one of the first or the first to research this um, drug and epilepsy in animals, but I shouldn't be, I should not be the first. I should be, you know, I should be learning about this in school because others have done it before me for hundreds of years, yet I'm the first, which is crazy. So yeah, it's been interesting.
0: It is. Why do you think that you're the first? Why do you think it took so long? Why are you the only one asking this question? You know, I, before you came on, that's what I was asking. I go, I don't understand, and and the same thing happened to me. I bought a grooming and boarding shop. I thought what my dog suffered and and I how I lost my dog was just me until I owned a boarding and grooming shop and saw that eighty percent of the dogs that come into our shop and were very busy were sick and are suffering in silence. And if you talk to the pet owner, they're saying. I I tried changing the diet. I have put them on every prescription drug. Now their hair's falling out. Now they won't eat anymore. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. At what point it has to stop? So let's talk about what you did find. You yes. did this research. You said, I got to find something else. I know CBD works. Now I'm going to try it. How the heck did you come up with that? Because I that's how I am all the day. I'm like, let's just start using it, which I have been. Since probably about the same amount of time, but I'm not a vet and I was just doing it on my rescue farm, you know. Yeah. See if it works.
1: <laughs> let's let's apply what I learned. Honestly, Angela, I would have to say, I don't know that we came at it with very different approaches at the time. Okay. I I had the exact same attitude. I was like, this is ridiculous. I mean, it's now legal, you know, legal and it's being used, it's being sold and Yet we have not studied it in a scientific environment, and so why? I don't know how to even answer that question. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of factors, but I had the same sort of confusion about why no one's done this, and why wouldn't I? at least see if it works. And so I- You have nothing to
0: lose. Nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to be permanently damaged. And you know that. So we have nothing to lose.
1: Right. It seemed like worst case scenario is that it wouldn't work, but so are a lot of the drugs that we are using don't work. So why wouldn't we try it? And, you know, and I had, it's funny, I had the very same attitude you did. I was like, all right, bring them in. Let's just give them CBD and see what happens. And. Then I had to sort of go through the, take a step back and go through the regulatory issues um, at CSU. So make sure that, you know, everything was approved and I was doing this all and, you know, on the up and up and making sure that everyone was happy. Um, I had to... Did
0: you get any pushback or you're lucky because you're in Colorado, so everyone's got the right frame of mind out there?
1: I got so lucky. I got so lucky. Um, I was actually worried because this was back in, you know, 2014, 2015, going into 2016. And I was worried. I mean, you know, even though that's not that long ago, it's long ago enough that it didn't have, it wasn't quite as mainstream as it is now. It was a completely
0: different world back then. I couldn't find a pet product back then.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I was worried that some of the negative connotations that had, that were still in existence would be of concern and, and in starting this research. And so but no i was met with encouragement and support and you know i went through the whole legal team at csu to make sure that this was okay to do and you know there was nothing behind the scenes that occurred and they were they were all huge supporters and just tried to figure out you know how to make it as appropriate as possible so they didn't care about the connotations honestly they were like whatever this is this is happening this is like we need to be on the forefront of the science awesome. not here and so they were amazing. Um, so yeah I mean they had to put some things in place like we needed you know to, to prove that this was a hemp product so you know a certified by the Colorado Department of Agriculture and we needed certificate of analyses and all the you know the things that we should have anyway Which but guess
0: what that's what a, a, a pet parent should do also while picking a product. We have to take a short break, but when we come back, I want to talk about um, you starting and then what you immediately saw and found when we come back. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer... Research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing Naturally. So you got got through all the legal stuff. CSU said, yep, go for it. And I guess you didn't have any trouble getting... Uh, patients who are willing to try anything to see if it worked. Um, being in Colorado, you must have yeah. some really awesome, open-minded people. So then, what happened?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean you're absolutely correct. It was a it was a hit. I mean, it was it gained a lot of publicity. I think because we had fairly strict scientific um, inclusion exclusion criteria, and I, I I like to think it was a fairly rigorous um, scientific study that we actually probably had to turn down more people than we were. Hoping, um, so yes, it, it gained a lot of traction. People were really excited to be in the study, helping science, helping other animals, hopefully helping their own, and certainly pushing forward the scientific aspect of the industry. So yeah, so we started out with a pilot study. We enrolled, um, we enrolled more dogs and actually completed the study, but we had sixteen that completed. We had nine in our uh, control group, or sorry, in our treatment group. So nine dogs received CBD over a three month period. And then the other seven received a placebo during that three month period. So these were all dogs with naturally occurring diseases. We did not induce anything that had, uh, that were suffering from what we called refractory epilepsy. So they were already being treated with the standard medications we have available and were failing. So they were continuing to have multiple seizures a month even on oftentimes as many as four or five um, of our standard medications out there. And so we enrolled them in the study and we added on either a CBD or a placebo. So they stayed on their their standard of care treatment and then we added CBD or placebo. We were blinded, so none of the researchers knew what the dogs were receiving, neither did the owners. So that just helps keep things unbiased. And again, just sort of increasing the scientific rigor of the study. And so um, the dogs took the medication over a three month period and recorded what their seizure activity did. So did it get worse, stay the same or get better? And excitingly, and uh, please take this with a grain of salt, it is 16 dogs. So it is by no means a large study even in the veterinary world, but we did have really great preliminary data. We found that the dogs that received the plus or the uh, CBD had a greater reduction in seizure activity than the dogs that did not. And so, although again, it was a small study, it laid a really beautiful foundation for proof of concept um, type of data to continue with larger studies in a larger population. And so that was the beginning. That's
0: amazing. And are you do you think I know that you're involved in two more studies now, one that's just completing and then an additional one. I'm assuming that in there is got something to do with dosing, Mm -hmm. Um, because, of course, in my, you know, uh, non-clinical trials here every single dog is completely different. So I could have two different dogs experiencing different types of seizures and one is going to need a hundred milligrams and another one's going to be 50 and it it will never have one again. Um, Is that something
1: that you're finding? Yes, absolutely. Angela, you should come work at CSU. You're like... (laughs) Step ahead no, of I went
0: to the University of Colorado. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I went um, I go through the University of Vermont's um, program. I was invited to attend their inaugural class back in 2016. So they've got that uh, program for medical cannabis, therapeutic use, and biology. So I went through that. So I know everything. <laughs> I can uh, then turn around. <laughs> yeah. And then turned around and started using it on my dogs on my rescue. Well, not just dogs. I use it on my, every animal that, you know, has Because we all have an endocannabinoid system. So right now I'm having incredible success with my Doberman who has osteosarcoma and I'm only treating Uh her with cannabis diet, of course, and, um, turkey tail mushrooms, which are becoming my new favorite is mushrooms with cannabis. But yeah, tell me about some of what the research you're working on now and how that's kind of like a step up. Okay. I proved that there's something here now what do you do with that? And what I love is
1: that you're not even a researcher. Yeah. You're like, I didn't know that this is where I would end up. (laughs) I know. I know. It's so true. I, I, yeah, I was just a a very happy clinician. And then I, I realized, like I said, at the beginning that this was, this was not going to work with the medications we have. So somehow became a researcher, Um, clinical researcher. And what's kind of funny is that, you know, people will go, Uh, You know, some vets will even
0: say, well, CBD is not approved by the FDA. I'm not, you know, going to take it. I'm not going to give it to a pet. But uh, neither is phenobarbital for the use of dogs. So I love to bring up that little fact when people say something like that. And CBD actually works and phenobarbital most of the time does not and has so many harsh side effects. That's what she's trying to do, folks. We're trying to stop the seizures without making things worse, we're supposed to be doing good. We're supposed to be helping our animals, not making them sicker, not suppressing or damaging their immune system so that it no longer can help them. Um,
1: okay. So sorry. Tell me more, no, no, no. you're, you're spot on. And so, yeah, I think, um, the variability is a really great point and that's exactly what we're trying to work with now. And so we know that it likely will help dogs with seizures. Um, again, we're still sort of in the process of um, quote unquote proving that with our our most recent study that's uh, f- the funding came from the AKC Canine Health Foundation. And so they funded a much larger study based off of that pilot study. And so That's kind of what we're we're sort of in the final throes of finishing up that study um, to show that in even a larger population of dogs um, it still works. And then the study that we're launching now is exactly the dosing question. So, you know, and I agree with you one hundred percent. It is metabolized so differently. It is so differently affecting different dogs that it's it's very individual, and that's okay. I think trying to understand a dosing range is helpful. The other big thing we're doing right now, and I think this ultimately is going to be really important. um, I'd be curious on your thoughts, but I think measuring their plasma CBD levels, because it's really hard to understand. I mean, honestly, you could give the same dog two milligrams of CBD and it's going to be high in one dog's blood and it's going to be low in another. And know and that's okay it's the nature of the drug but i think understanding if we are able to reach x amount in the bloodstream we're likely to decrease seizures so who cares if that dog gets 400 milligrams or two milligrams the point is is that can we identify a threshold that yes if we can achieve this threshold in dogs, we're likely to stop or at least decrease the frequency of seizure activity. And so that's kind of where we're working now.
0: I totally agree. And I also, what I found is that it's a big difference between a young dog and an old dog for sure, and how many deficiencies they have in their endocannabinoid system. So if seizures is just one part of, they've also got cancer and Cushing's and all of these other things, I feel like you take the CBD or cannabis, and it's going to address all of those issues in due time. Is it going to stop the seizure? Most likely, but it may need more because it's also doing all of this other stuff. But yeah, my oldest patient was, she was 16. So she lived to be two years more. And here in Tampa, I'm like the crazy cannabis witch lady. And I got some (laughs) vets, who go, you know, the owners aren't willing to give up or the vet thinks that maybe there's a chance that I can do something. So I'm the last resort. So I get these animals that are on death row and turn it around purely on diet and cannabis. Seizures stop and I got to figure it out because I can't just go. I'm going to start at this point. Thanks to your research, I know where to start. I know where to start and then I know that I'm going to I may need to reduce or give her more to completely stop them. And she was 6 pounds and 100 milligrams of full spectrum uh, hemp extract stopped her grandma's seizures. I would even try to take it back after like 3 months. Okay, let me take it back and see. Nope. I had to stay at that 100 milligrams. A younger dog, I may not have to do that. So exactly. I think it has a lot to do with age and the multiple deficiencies in your endocannabinoid system. So every, but that makes sense. We're all completely different individuals, dogs, cats, animals. We all are different. So we can't just go, here's how much is going to stop your seizure. So that's really hard for pet parents to understand. But to me, it makes
1: complete sense because that's how it works with us. That's how any medicine works with us also exactly and i think setting that stage when you get started is is important i mean you know we say look this is not going to be a one and done thing most likely we're going to have to play with dosing we're going to have to to monitor it's an art form it's not a cookbook recipe and so you know and that's it's not an uncommon occurrence with drugs you know i think it's unreasonable to go in and say if this dose doesn't treat my dog for whatever you're trying to treat then it's not going to work. That's just not the case. Some dogs, you can go really low. Some dogs, you know, like you mentioned, multiple reasons, even body condition. I mean, you know, some heavier dogs versus skinnier dogs, they're going to react differently and store it in their fat and maybe, you know, have it be more slowly released. Younger dogs that are thinner, active, they might just kind of blow through it a lot more quickly. And so I think it's so many factors and pet parents, they have to be, and sort of veterinarians, I think have to be willing to sort of set out on this journey and, and, you know, and understand that it's, it's a journey.
0: We are talking about your uh, clinical studies on CBD and you've got, so the, you've got one that's finishing in March. Is this one that the one that you're doing more dosing and finding out dosing?
1: No, this is actually the um, the longer one. So this was a three year study, and actually we just finished today. Oh my
0: gosh! How awesome is that? (laughs) This is
1: cool. I'll never forget
0: that. It'll be like I interviewed her on her last day. I know I saw (laughs) March, and I was like, okay. So what did you what did you do in this one?
1: So this one is just basically um, a part two to our um, efficacy study. So literally just enrolling a lot of dogs. So we had 60, I can't remember, 62 or 63 dogs that we enrolled and completed this study. And so a much larger study, again, just another proof of concept, does this work? Because yes, we saw some encouraging results from, the nine dogs that got it in our pilot study, but you really need to do a much larger study that it, you know, that really sort of takes that to another level and says in a larger population of dogs, we still saw positive results. And then from here, so we'll, we'll unblind ourselves, um, I guess any time now, um, <laughs> I keep saying March, but now I guess um, now, okay. um, so we'll unblind ourselves, we'll start the data analysis. In the meantime, we did just launch another study that is looking at various doses. So we say, okay, we have the proof of concept. We do think that this is likely to work in a large population of dogs with refractory epilepsy. And so now we need to start honing in on the dose. And so this is the study where we'll start looking at the plasma levels. We'll start looking at various doses to say, you know, what dog needs what dose or what threshold in their plasma to control their seizure activity. And so this is really kind of the second step in the process, in my opinion. So taking in another step, starting that dosing journey, if you will.
0: Very (laughs) neat. It's so exciting. And to think that three years has already gone by must be like, what? How did that happen? I mean, it, it is like flying by. So when you're doing these researches, are you using only one strain of hemp every
1: time? Yes, we are. We're using the same strain. It is a, um, a full spectrum product. So it does have other cannabinoids and terpenes and it does have THC in it as well at low levels. So we are, um, we are trying to not, we're not using an isolate for this study. I think it's important to, even though we may not understand what they all, what role all the cannabinoids play. I think we are um, at least on my team are in agreement that it probably makes sense to be using um, a full spectrum product. So
0: thank you. That's what we always tell people. All of this research is based (laughs) on a full spectrum product, not on an isolate or a broad spectrum. So when you see a broad spectrum um, product out there, no THC, how do you feel? Because I want to rip my hair out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that there's a lot of... Or did you even know? Because like in Colorado, you
1: probably don't even see it. You
0: know? when I, <laughs> don't theater, see it I was like,
1: What's the purpose of that? That's that's very true. We, I don't, I don't think we have a lot of non-THC products in this, uh, the state, but we, um, yeah, I think there's enough proven medicinal value to THC that even at low levels, I think that it makes sense to be totally honest. I'm probably going to get my hands slapped at CSU, but to be totally honest, I would like to look at even higher, like medicinal marijuana, um, in dogs. Cause I, I know that at high levels, it can be harmful to to pets, but I do also, my understanding is at lower levels, it actually probably is not, and it may help. And so
0: I give give my Nina 10 milligrams of uh, FICO every night. I started with five, moved it up to eight to 10, and she barely even gets high anymore. Yeah, Um, it's we're nine months. We're nine months in of doing this. So it took nine months at first. She was like every night urinary incontinence, you name it. And then in the day we do 100 milligrams of full spectrum hemp extract with
1: her. But Yeah. I want to be there when you do the THC stuff. (laughs) Yeah. To be continued, but we'll, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's shown that our, our endocannabinoid system is fascinating, incredibly complex, as you know, and I think come, you know, coming at these diseases from multiple different targets, um, even on a molecular level is, is probably important. And so that's, you know, again, the reason we chose full spectrum.
0: Okay, I'm, we're, we're going to go now, but I want to ask you one more question for both pet parents and vets who are still on the fence, who are still worried that this could hurt their dog and or they're going to their vet and their vet's going, nope, nope, that's going to kill your dog. What can you tell to these pet parents? Because I think you're going to have the perfect message because when people told you no or didn't give you the information, you went out and got it and did something about it. And that's what I want to kind of encourage our pet parents and veterinarians who are questioning why they haven't learned or why isn't it approved by the FDA or some think it's still illegal to even talk about it. Thanks to California. So well, <laughs> give us a nice little message to them to encourage them because there's
1: no one in my opinion who could say it better than you because you are a pioneer woman. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Angela. I really appreciate the the kind words. I, um, you know, and I, to be totally honest, I think I'm I'm a, kind of a skeptic. I think that I I really encourage people, veterinarians, pet owners to do their due diligence. It is still an unknown market. And so I think looking at different companies, making sure that they you know have their certificate of analyses and are doing as much as they can on their side to ensure safety the better that being said i also will am very encouraged by our studies so yes it is used all the time without seemingly causing any harm but i think to have these scientific studies that we're doing is incredibly important and so far it's a very encouraging data and so that to me that helped me feel better even as a veterinarian let alone a pet parent to be able to feel more comfortable with using CBD and not being so scared of it. From a veterinary standpoint, and um, you know, in even a pet owner standpoint, it certainly. I mean, there's a lot of mixed views and opinions about it. I think that it's it really should be a very highly respected drug and product, and I think it lost a lot of that in the early 1900s to, to late 1900s, and I think that's where you know things really really fell apart, especially, you know, in the, the 50s, 60s era. And so I think it's important to bring it back up to a respected medicinal product. And we are in the process of doing that. And so it's okay to talk about. And it really is. I mean, it's it's our it's important, I think, as medical professionals to talk about it, especially if a pet owner is interested in explaining what studies are published what's out there, what do we know, what don't we know? And that education is, um, I think, really important. um, And in some ways our responsibility as veterinarians and um, our oath to pets and pet owners to provide them with that information. Thanks for
0: listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com.
1: Introducing MycoDog, an award winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and Bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code Podcast at MycoDog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.